Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. Heather, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, Alex, although I have to admit I am I am really tired today. Uh, I am working on renovating parts of my house. Uh, yeah, which is it, the house was built in 1948. And so I love it. It has a lot of old character, but uh, but parts need to be updated. And it's it's proving it's a lot of fun, but proving to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel like you are one of many people probably who have, you know, taken some extra time to make your home nice and cozy since you're spending more time there. Um, but I always I recently bought a new house last year. And I purposely bought a house that I didn't have to do work to <laughs> because <laughs> I find something very overwhelming. <laughs> but I do love the the charm of an old house uh, that's been updated. So that's exciting. Yeah, I got sucked in by the charm. I think you were the smart one. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fascinating as I've been going through this process. Getting you know, I've I've been doing a, still a lot of online ordering. Of course, see you know, that whole thing went to a new level uh, with with COVID and you know with us all being at home. There are several sites that I've been ordering from that are really amazing with their communications. And I think this is where this small renovation keeps snowballing. They're very good at these with like, oh, you were you just bought a new vanity light. Now I think you need a new mirror and a new vanity and new tile. Like they realize I'm remodeling a bathroom. And so then now next thing I know, it is a complete overhaul to my bathroom where, you know, before it was just like, I'm just going to update the light. Yep. One thing <laughs> turns into another and pretty soon you're going to be doing all the bathrooms in your house, probably whether you uh -huh. um, intended or not, or you're just yes. going to be like, oh, I should get this because uh, it's on sale and I might need it. <laughs> and exactly. if I change my mind, I'll send it back. That's probably have a lot too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I am, I am always a sucker for a good sale. Yeah. Um, these uh, retailers, um, I think we've talked a little bit about it before, but they are so good at using that data uh, from what you're looking at on the site. I think Target pretty much sends me a push notification every day. Like you're saying your cart called, it wants you back. Um, oh, yeah. I know exactly what it says <laughs> every time I get it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're smart. I the other company that I think of or that, that like instantly comes to mind with this is Stitch Fix. I'm a loyal Stitch Fix fan. I have been using them since they were in beta, actually. It's really funny to think about how much they've changed over the years, but they just keep getting smarter and smarter between um, stuff that I'm buying, the from my fixes, the stuff that I might like pin or look at because of course I, I put all my social profiles on there so they can see what I'm engaging with. And um I always open those emails because I know it's going to be something good inside that is, you know, relevant to something that I've recently looked at, which of course, this is all coming back to our topic today around creating audience centric messaging. And 
we've got a wonderful guest today to talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. She is our Higher Logic's in-house pro at really tailoring your message, understanding your audience. Uh, and so we are really excited to bring uh, Vivian Swartinsky to the show today. Thanks for having me on. This is so exciting. So I've actually been working in the direct marketing industry for a really a long time. I mean, having started back in the day when direct mail was the main channel for reaching addressable um, addresses. So, and we're talking the post office, okay? So back in the day, um, that was actually the most profitable channel versus mass media because with direct mail, um, you know, it allowed, orga allowed organizations to do segmentation, tracking, different versioning. I mean, that was that was the essence of putting your, your member, your audience at the center of the communication. So I've always been in the software service side of the business, really helping um, organizations leverage tech technology and strategy um, to help drive better outcomes. Um, and that's exactly what I get to do here at Higher Logic. So I just love my job and being able to help our, our customers really make the most of the investments that they have. And, and I love challenging them to think about their communications in a fresh and new way. Yeah. And you've You've had some amazing successes, and this is this is stuff Vivian and I have like geeked out for hours about. Um, my like very first real job out of college was actually implementing a, what they call a target marketing system uh, for a department store chain, which is basically a big database that watches everything that people buy, and you know I got to set up all these you know nerdy algorithms to figure out propensity to buy other things, related things, and stuff. So. This is, this is something, this is a history that, that Viv and I share. Um, so um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about like why this is so important for associations? Because we do think a lot about this in terms of retail. You know, all of our examples, Alex and my examples were in the retail space. But this is something I think, you know, associations really do need to focus on. Um, so yeah, kind of talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Um, associations have a, a little bit of a captive audience, right? Um, members have paid to, to belong and, and to join. Um, and there can be the tendency to, um, you know, kind of just push them an organization's goals and initiatives and the things that they need to do. Um, and I hear it a lot from organizations, associations that say, how can I get people to do X. Well, if anyone has ever had children, you can't get anyone to do X. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can motivate, you can, you can provide compelling reasons to do it, but you, you know, people make decisions based on emotion. And when you're in the beginning of a relationship, it's kind of the acquaintance stage. So it's the same thing with our members. Um, they, they, know us and they expect us to know them. So it is very important um, if you want a long-term engaging relationship that the communication has to be back and forth. It can't be a one-way street. And so putting members at the center of your communications really requires a, a purposeful mindset. Of course, everyone wants to do that. And they, and they probably say, well, I think we do do that. 
But the question is, do your members feel like you do that? Is it landing as personal and relevant to them because they are actually the judges of the communications that you're sending? I was going to say, yeah, isn't there an expression about that? That something, I, no, I, I, I should know this, but the, the evaluation of a communication isn't on you, you saying it, it's on the person receiving it. Absolutely. The power is with the receiver, not with the sender, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. I was just going to say like, it's one thing, um, if you intend for it to see member centric or like it's really personalized to them, but if they get it and that is just not hitting right, or they're like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Or worse off, don't even read it at all. Um, you know, it's not going to help anybody get to where they need to be. So I know that, um, you know, you've worked with tons of customers over the years, Viv, to help them sort of rethink the way that they are going about this, uh, you know, member first or personalized experience. And what are some of the the ways that you could suggest to associations um, to think about this differently? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I like to challenge folks, and I think that to starting with a with a clean slate, like not thinking analytically, like oh, what do we send out and how do we say it, but rather just like like start with a fresh state, a clean slate, and and articulate what is the member experience we want to deliver. Being purposeful, like being, I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel known. I want them to feel supported. Um, like even think about the emotions that you want your communications to invoke. I mean, they, they, your communications could land in a neutral spot, but you could choose words that move beyond neutral and, and actually make them feel the way you want them to feel, right? So that's about that purposeful mindset about actually choosing words and images that actually stir something, a feeling of understanding, a feeling of acceptance. Um, depending on who your audience is, maybe they need to be honored. Maybe they have a tough job and like you can do so much in um, putting emotion and building up your your audience, which is naturally going to make them lean in and be feel closer to you. So it's just needs to be more of a relationship. Oh God, I love that so much. Viv, this is why, this is why you're such a pro at this. Like, I think that like that gets overlooked so much. Like we get focused on this professional communication. Let's keep this professional and stiff and focused. And uh, yeah, and you're so right. Like it is about that being vulnerable, like building that emotion, emotional connection, honoring who they are. Yeah. You know, and, and people get it when, when, when you get them, right. It's, it's not, maybe they get me like, and that's why when you meet someone and you connect with them, you, who do you become friends with? I mean, who, who are your go-to people, right? It's like, I get them and they get me, you know, it doesn't mean that you're identical. It means that you get each other and you understand, like you have a level of understanding and that is everything, right? That means the world. So, so that's the place where we want to be with our members because we want this to be a long-term uh, mutually beneficial relationship that goes on and on and on. Yeah. I think part of the um, thing that people have to remember, you know, like Heather just said, you know, you want to have this professional appearance or you know that you need to maintain a certain, um, 
I don't know, like a certain reputation with different audiences, right? Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you yes, you are an organization sending out these communications, but you are communicating to individual people. And if you don't make that connection um, with the right words or the right emotions, you know, it's not going to resonate and make them, you know, feel a certain way or take a certain action. So I'm, I'm thinking like, even with a lot of things, types of communications that folks might deem as transactional, like a welcome message or um, a receipt for a payment or something, or it's someone just signed up for an event, you know, how do people take those types of messages and start adding some of that personal touch to it? Yeah, you know, Alex, the onboarding the welcome campaign, if you will, um, you know, that's really your first opportunity to meet those um, uh, needs right up front and make an emotional connection right up front. Um, really, it's the continuation of a relationship that started when they were in the prospect stage, right? You're just discovering each other. I don't know, maybe, you know, educating and learning about each other. And then you were like, yeah, we, we want to do business together. And you made that membership decision. Now what? Um, the last thing you want someone to do is have buyer's remorse. They just handed over money. You got that. And they have their hand out. They're waiting for their hand to be filled. How will you fill that hand? That's what we're used to when we do a business contract or any any type of a transaction, right? So the welcome, the onboarding, um, really putting your yourself in your member's shoes and saying, what do I want them to experience through this? What what are what are the outcomes they're looking for? Okay, so I think about let's just get rid of that buyer's remorse right off the start, right? Let's just address that. So to me, that's putting on the member mindset, right? We don't want them to feel like, oh, geez, did I make the right decision? You want them to go, yes, I totally made the right decision. So, you know, remove any barriers to getting to the goods. They just paid money. What are the benefits that I so need and so want? Um, Make them feel good about that purchase decision. You can do that with the reinforce that purchase decision, even with your words. And and here's all the great things that you have and and helping them get those. So I think about removing barriers um, that you're easy to do business with, that you're handing them, you know, the good. So those are that's the kind of the mindset that you put yourself in as you start to write your campaigns. And then you can get very specific in the content. I want to key in on what you just said about the campaign, um, putting together a campaign, because one of the things that I hear a lot is that, yeah, we send a welcome email. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And people assume like that that's enough. And so many times, like there's a there's a suite of benefits that people get when they join an organization. And, you know, and I love what you said about the buyer's remorse too, because like, I I like to say there is never a time someone is going to be more excited to be part of your organization than the day they join, than the day they write that check or, or give you their credit card information. You have to capitalize on that moment. And, but it's not just a moment. So talk to us about like the, a concept of a campaign as opposed to an email. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when we think about a campaign, we think about spreading information out over a series of days or weeks, whatever's right for um, your particular organization. But it's 
making things snackable and relevant. Like on day one, what do I need? What do I really need to know on day one? Probably how to log in. What's my password? You know, how do I navigate? Where where, where do I need to go first? Um, Not overboarding or not overwhelming people. If you think about how we know how to treat employees on day one, we have it mapped out for them on what we're going to do, who we're going to introduce them to on day two, on day three. So we're very purposeful about how we bring someone in a little at a time, a little more. We add to it. We build on it and so forth. Well, you can do the same thing with um, your your onboarding or your welcome campaign. So a campaign I think of as at least probably three messages, uh, what you need to know on day one. And then you think benefits, um, continued education and networking with yourself and with your peers, you know, three pillars, if you will. Um, and that it could be longer than that, but I mean, that would at least cover the, the essentials and, and it would be making it in snackable, digestible amounts of information at a time. And you look forward to, to the next, you know, set expectations over the next week, we're going to help you get plugged into all of these exclusive benefits. Oh, okay. I'm going to be hearing from them. You're setting expectations, um, putting it all in one message. Um, no one's going back to it. Okay. So I might read the first two paragraphs. I'm like, I'll get back to, I'm never going back to it. No one does. Right. So you're, you're losing it. It's the same thing. We wouldn't want to overwhelm a new employee on their first day of the job. Yeah. (laughs) And what if they miss that first email? Like what if they just, it gets buried somehow, right? Like you want to, you don't want to have that be your one shot. So if you wait a few days and send them something else, you know, maybe you'll hook them back in. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And one of the strategies I like to, uh, when I work with customers um, that are using our, you know, our platform or our automation, I'm like, you know what, if someone didn't open any of those messages, you want to know that now, like, you don't want to know this three months from now, that you maybe have the wrong email address, or there's something not right. Pick up the phone and call them, right? They are going to be so feeling so known Oh my goodness, you sent me messages. Oh, I did get them, whatever. Or, oh, I never got those messages. Like, that's not an expected behavior. And so, what a better time than to make sure you don't lose any of your valuable new members that fell off and you didn't notice. Put steps in in place, use the technology, um, and have that strategy to notice what people are doing as they engage with you with your welcome campaigns. Yeah, it's really win-win for both the member and for the association because they're feeling welcomed, supported, like they are getting something for their money, ready to take advantage of all of the benefits and get connected to the rest of the organization and its members. And it's great for the organization because you have a, a great opportunity to show them what they can expect, create a great experience right from the start and sort of you know, set them up for not just expectations of what they can expect with onboarding, but throughout the whole relationship that they'll have with you. And then that even plays into when it comes time for renewals, people work so hard for their members, you want to keep them, it's much easier to, you know, keep your current members than it is to win them back later on, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But um, what do you what have you seen work for renewal? campaigns, taking the same approach as an onboarding, something similar? It is similar, um, Alex, in that while it is transactional in nature, the messages don't need to feel, you know, transactional, meaning it doesn't need to just be all about the business because those are going to be less engaging. Um, That's 
to take to put that human element in in it. Um, understand who you're talking to. So if it's if this is my first year and I'm coming up for renewal, would you say would you want to say something different to me than you would if I was there for years? You know, is there an opportunity to recognize you know how that this is my third year and how grateful you know that that the organization is for my support? So you have opportunity, in other words, to um, think about what would be most effective for that member to hear at this point in time. And oftentimes it's not just, oh, your membership renewal is coming up. Here's, you know, click here to pay online. Thank you very much. Like that's, we can embellish that, you know, that's, as I said, not all communications land, you know, in a way that move you. Some can be neutral, but what can we do to get it out of neutral and actually move it into, um, I'm still glad I'm part of this organization. And, you know, this is my go-to for, you know, getting my job done every day. Like I, I trust the news that comes out of this organization. Like you want to be able to stir up, um, number one, the benefits that you have, but also wouldn't it be cool to be, um, commenting on, the benefits that people, excuse me, people really used, the benefits that mattered to them, right? If you can identify and call out, you know, you've contributed so much to your, to, to the, your peer group in this community, your community values your contributions. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to say that? And so that's where segmentation of that renewal list can really come into play. What's the one thing they have in common? They're all coming up for renewal. What are the things they don't have in common? <laughs> this is my first year. I am, you know, an advocate of the brand. I am your best poster and contributor. Um, I'm a mentor. I need mentoring. You know, what in what ways can you slice and dice your audience that makes sense that you could talk to them in a more relevant yeah. way? And technology has made that so much easier. Like, you know, at one point in time, you would have had to handwrite all of those emails to be able to do that. But today, technology allows you to pull in different pieces of data to personalize emails like that and make it make it sound, make it apparent to that person like, oh, you really know me. Uh, I love those recap emails that I get from different organizations. You know, like over the past year, you've done X, Y, Z. Airlines are fantastic about doing it. You know, you've flown, well, obviously last year doesn't count, but (laughs) you've flown, you know, around the world three times over the last year. Yeah, absolutely, Heather. The, you know, you're the data, right? The, the data is so rich and sometimes we can be paralyzed by having so much data. Like, oh, I don't even know what data to look at. I have so much of it. Um, but I think making it simple is just simply to say, you know, are there three logical buckets that you could put people in, segments that you could put people in? You don't have to call out everything. I know very little about this group. So I'm going to say, you know, what together we've done X, Y, Z, we've had challenges this year, you know, in, in your, because you're in different stages in your relationship, you're still learning what, how some people uh, respond, what they respond to, what their preferences are, others, you know, so use the data you have. So you can have a generic group, but then, you know, you can also show people, you know, them when you do, you know, um, look at the data and see what, you know, slices rather than one segment, 
Maybe it's three. It doesn't have to be 10 because when you start slicing and, and getting down very granular, it can feel overwhelming. And then you probably will just go back to my one big bucket. <laughs> yes. Yes. Small Absolutely. Steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you look at when you create those um, really personalized messages that say like, hey, you contributed to XYZ in the community or something like that. It's not just a reminder of, you know, oh, wow, I guess I, I really did do a lot with this. But it's also, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of encouragement to them. Like if you don't renew, you're not going to be able to access these things because this is a, a, a benefit only to members. So really kind of get them to act. Yeah, and I think it's important to... Think about what were the desired outcomes that your members had. Remember, they had expectations. They have desired outcomes. You know what your desired outcome is, but what is their desired outcomes? Um, I, re I recall uh, belonging to a kickboxing gym. And when I failed to show up after maybe 30 days, uh, the messages started. And I was pretty impressed with the fact that this little gym knew how to do really good marketing. And personalized marketing. And the messages weren't just like, hey, we missed you. They were like, Vivian, we remember the goals that you had for yourself and how you were so focused and on point in getting them. And we loved, you know, like we will help you get back on track. Like don't lose sight of those goals. They were important to you before. They're still important to you. And you're like, oh man, like a guilt trip didn't get me back, but thinking, yeah, you know what? I am going to go get that. Right. And, and I'm back in, right. That type of thing. So but in, from an organization, let's reflect on the, the outcomes the members wanted and still want and still need. In some professions, they need to keep their certification up or they can't practice. You know, how can you make it easier for them to do that? Can you remind them you're only two credits away from receiving X, right? So how can we further them along in the desired outcomes that they have? That's so funny. I, when you first started talking about that, I'm like, oh, that applies to certifications too. <laughs> so, um, but that that is uh, a segue too, like, because uh, that totally can work with, uh, you know, as members lapse too, to remind them you know, this is what you, you know, this is why you joined to Alex's point. You're, you'll, you've lost access now to the community, you know, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and so two part question for you. One, when it comes to those goals, I, I know I've had conversations with organizations about, you know, capturing when someone joins the organization, capturing that information about why they're joining. Like what, what's the purpose of it? And so, you know, I don't, it is, if you're kickboxing studio, actually, did, you know, did they specifically capture like why you joined? And I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to drill down, but like sometimes when you join a gym, it's, you know, is it weight loss? Is it fitness? Is it health? Is it, you know, whatever. Um, and so they record that and they tailor the communications based on that. Yeah. And actually, Heather, they did. They did ask me exactly why I was yeah. joining. <laughs> um, so have you seen associations start to do that same thing? Yes. And no. So yes, some of them are doing it in a very purposeful way. No, some are not recording it, but they inherently know the main reasons why, depending on what the professions are. For um, instance, um, I worked with um, the American Association for Respiratory Care, and they had a lapsed number uh, 
concern. They had lots and lots and lots of lapsed members. And, and they said, you know, we we need to do something. We've got a, you know, board meetings coming up. This is not the report we want to give. Um, we feel it would be far easier to welcome back LAPS members back into the organization and, and try that route versus trying to nurture brand new prospects and, and go down that long road, the funnel road, right? And it hadn't ever had a LAPS member program. So we worked together and developed a LAPS member program. But, you know, the main thing I asked was like, why do people even join your organization? They have to keep their certification up in order to stay in the profession, in order to stay working. So that's a pretty compelling reason. Now, another question that is good to ask folks is maybe once upon a time, there was no competition, but do you have competition in that area today? right? Things have changed, right? The world's a different place. There's online, you know, so are you the only one or are now you dealing with your competitors that you never didn't, had 10 years ago? Yeah, I was going to say, not just associations, there's for-profit competitors in the space now as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, sorry. No, but that's a good point. But so so I'm just, right. So when you're thinking about lapse members, it's good to reflect your, on yourself. Like what is my, how is my market changed <laughs> you know do my audience where do they where do they still need where could they get it from if it's not from me um, because you have a compelling reason but where else could they get it from and then ironically I love to ask what's the lapse member experience like lapse member experience why would anyone create a lapse member experience well you probably don't haven't you probably even sat down and created a lapsed member experience mission statement but i what i'm asking is what do they still have access to because surprisingly when i ask that question and sometimes organizations do the inventory they're like whoa they actually still have access to a lot and it's going to be very difficult to get someone to pay for something when the free ride has been good enough. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And even when you just say like the lapsed member experience, you know, thinking thinking about maybe not the benefits that you may turn off or not turn off, but also like what what are they getting from you via email still? Like are they st- maybe they think that they're still a member. Like, did you explicitly say this has expired or now they're getting prospect type communications? You know, like what buckets do they go into afterwards? Isn't that one of the primary reasons that's been cited in surveys for people's membership lapsing is they didn't know that it lapsed? I know. And everyone, everyone is always stumped by that. You're kidding. You can't believe how many times I sent them things. How did they not get it? We sent 10 emails. Yeah. How yeah. could they not have known? Oh, yeah. But you're absolutely right, Heather. The top reason when you survey lab members, like, I just forgot, you know, no big, re- no, no real reason. So sometimes we're pr- trying to problem solve for something we're, that didn't exist. Maybe it were price, you know, maybe our membership is too costly. Maybe the, maybe this, maybe that, maybe they just forgot. Let's go with that one. For the ones that are more recently lapsed, like three to six months, you could actually pull that off pretty easily. You just forgot, um, which is actually the tactic that we took with um, AARC when we were doing their lapsed member campaign is they had a, you know, a, a pretty good volume of lapsed members that were just in that three to six month lapse bucket. And so when you look at the survey results and most of them just 
they had no real reason. And we know they still have a need. They need their certification if they want to continue. Let's just go out with a strong message about getting them back to class, which is where they need to be. And act like never happened. Like, just forget that whole renewal thing. Like, like we're not going to talk about, we're not going to dissect that. Let's just get back to their current needs, which are, you need to keep your certification up and we are here to help you do that. Um, and that type of a message, um, which we did craft to um, to the segment of, of three to six months. Um one of the most compelling things that we did with that message, and I think that this is the breakthrough that they got that now I hope other people latch onto this and get the same breakthrough, is we did not focus on the transaction. We focused on the desired outcome of that lapse member. Most lapse member communications are going to end with click here and renew period. That's where the big period comes in. That's your goal as an organization. That's a win for you. Is that truly a win for the member? What part of the transaction is that? Yours or theirs? Theirs is getting back into class and getting the certification education that they need, right? So we can't stop with when we win, we have to stop when they win. So step one, sign up, you know, sign up and renew. Step two, pick your class, get to class, commit to a class. So the whole messaging that we did with AARC was really two steps in your back. You're not back into the organization, you're back to class. The whole focus was completely on what that lapse member needed not what the organization needed. And so that is a member-centric communication. We didn't stop with what we want out of it. We stopped with what the member needs out of it. That is so powerful. Um, And I think so often forgotten, overlooked. And I also, one of the things that I see a lot is that the association assumes that they know what the audience wants, needs. so when you're out talking to these organizations, kind of how do you, have you run into the same thing? And if so, how do you encourage them to get kind of over that? You know, how do you work with them to get over that kind of thing? Yeah, to try something different. Well, or to like, you know, are are you getting them to? I'm not asking the question. Great. Um, are are you getting them to go out and do interviews with the uh, with? members, lapsed members, industry people, like how, how do you make sure that the, the real voice of the member is accounted for in this? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Heather. Um, I'm a big fan of having direct feedback from uh, members. A lot of organizations are starting to put a lapsed member survey as part of the last touch point um, or to do sampling and calling. Um, you know, we've got organizations that we know, you know, have discovered that if you throw in a $5 coffee gift card, you're going to get lots of good responses. And and for some people, you know, there, there, there will be legitimate lapsed members that you're not going to get back. You know, they retired. They're not in this profession anymore. That's fine. What you're looking for is, was it a member experience 
is there any feedback that you can do something about? Um, AARC had feedback in their survey responses from the ones that were a little farther along. So that three to six month group, you know, just kind of forgot. It just didn't happen for them. They didn't have a real reason. But the ones that had been gone for a little while cited um, a little bit of a bumpy road in the online course, um, the learning management system that that was being used. But here's a question I love to ask organizations. If you ran into somebody who said, oh, yeah, 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 I was a member of that organization, maybe, I don't know, maybe a year, 18 months ago, you know, what would you tell them that's new? And different. How would what would their experience be if they today if they came back? How would that be different for them? For AARC, they could say we completely have a new online learning system. You know, it's it's stable. It's easy to use. Like you'd have something to say. So let's not lose sight of all the good progress that associations are making in the new things. Maybe we have an online community now. We didn't have it before. What do you have now that would be Great information and a welcome back. Discover, rediscover, right? It's an invitation to come back in and see us again. What do we have now? That's perfect for those that were that have been gone for a little bit. If you had anything bumpy, recognize it, hit it head on, and tell them what's different. I was just going to ask. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, is it okay to not shy away from that? in your communications to acknowledge that. Yeah, Yeah, AARC chose to hit it head on in their communications out to their older members, um, the ones that, not older members, but the ones who have been gone for a while. Um, And they said, you know, we've heard some feedback that, you know, our online course uh, experience wasn't up to par. What wasn't what we would have wanted for some of our members. You may have been, you know, affected by that as well. We've now got this and we've got a brand new website. And they didn't say we've got a brand new website. Come look at our new shiny thing, which is so pretty. No, it was like we had a brand new website. And what does that mean? That means better uh, searchability, better time management for you. Find things easier, faster. Again, if you have something new, think about how you say it. A member centric positioning is we've got this new thing and there's how it's going to benefit you versus we've got this new thing. Come check us out. I love that. Okay. (laughs) It's pretty. It's nice. I like it. It's nice colors, but what what does that mean for me? Right. So sometimes you have to articulate, like, don't assume they can fill in the blanks. Like, let's just tell them. And it shows your heart. It shows that they are the center and that you've made these changes to benefit them. You might as well come out and say it. I love that, like repositioning of the benefit. Like, yes, this is a great thing that we've done, but why is it going to be compelling enough for someone to take action or actually do something about it? Exactly, exactly. And with and and you know what? In between the two messages, the one that went out to like the three to six month members, lapse members, and then the ones the message that went out to the to the ones that had been gone for a while, they were the audience found them both compelling, right? Folks did come back and rediscover and folks did decide that they did in fact want to um, renew with that and get their certification. They could picture themselves. They could almost picture themselves back sitting in that class. Um, and it worked so well. And this was just really one message. I mean, we this was not hounding people. One 
message and then we resent to non-openers. That's it. And 800 members wow. came back in 45 days. So at $80 a pop, we're talking, <laughs> yeah. talking yeah. lots of money. <laughs> we're talking what? $64,000 unplanned budgeted, un- unplanned money coming in because you, you really took the time to understand what was important to that audience. And you wrote something that had them at the center. Um, and it, it, you know, it's fantastic results. Um, I, they were fantastic about AARC was so purposeful in trying to regroup with those folks that they had lost and they did such a great job. But I, I do think it was because their mind wasn't on what they needed to get done. Their mind was really on what their members outcome needed to be. That whole thing will make anyone look like a hero to their board of directors. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> they had a good update when they had to go to that next board meeting. They were quite pleased with uh, that. <laughs> so I, I think throughout we've touched on a lot of you know roadblocks, issues that people should look out for. Is there like one kind of closing piece of advice that you'd give to people as they're, um, as they're trying to to put together these member centric communications, like one underlying, like you have to do this or you have to watch out for that. Yeah, you have to try something new, even if it's doing a test sample. If there's resistance within of changing something, um, you're your disengaged audiences are the perfect people to test. Your lapsed members are perfect people to test. You're not, you can only, you can only go up. You can only go up. <laughs> so start doing something different, um, being very purposeful, put on that member centric mindset and go out there with messages and, and test in a safe environment with those, with those audiences that can only go one way. They're going to go up. Um, and then, and then you can start rolling that out as, as you need to, but all you need is a little bit of success, success breeds success. For sure. And Viv, before we close out, we have to ask you our, our standard question now that we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite engagement tactic? Something that you've seen work well for other people or, you know, something, what's your go-to recommendation to folks? That's a good question. I would say my, my tactic would be to A-B test. My tactic would be to try something new. You're never going to learn anything if you don't try something new. So you you have to go out and do something different. Um, you're, no one's going to be able to have that magic answer. There's no silver bullet. You're not going to know confidently what you're going to get unless you go out with it. So step out in faith with your best step, like put your best foot forward and try it. That's what marketing's all about. Communications is all about. Nothing bad's going to happen. <laughs> try it. Try to move the needle. Vivian, it is always such a delight talking to you. And I think we could go on for hours. So we may have to do a part B to this. I'm um, happy to come back. I'm a, a, you guys are amazing to speak with. I mean, and you're, I'm right. I'm right there with you. We could just keep on going, but I know that we have to be mindful of time. So thank you so much for inviting me, me to be on. This has been fabulous. Yeah. If folks want to connect with you, Viv, where can they find you? 
They can find me um, for our customers. They can find me on our Higher Logic users group. Uh, they can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find Vivian Swartinsky. There's not going to be a, du- <laughs> a, a duplicate. Like if you land anywhere and you see that name, it's me, guys. There's not another one. <laughs> there, there definitely is not yeah. another Vivian. The one and only. Yes. Well, th- <laughs> thanks so much, Viv. We learned so much and I'm sure our listeners have too today. So that's going to do it for another episode of the Member Engagement Show. We will see you all next time. 